Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please refrain from eating or drinking. Please remain with your tour guides at all times. If you separate, you may get lost. And most importantly, have a happy holiday and the happiest of New Year's. Welcome, welcome into the surprise season finale. <laughs> did, we pro- display. did we promise uh, it was going to be longer than this? Or It's not a surprise. This is I just don't think it's, it's a surprise because usually like the penultimate episode, we're like, you know, there's one more episode in the season, you know, all this other stuff. And now we're just like, it's the season finale. Surprise. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Here's your last episode. Mazel tov. That's not what you say during Hanukkah. That's, what, that's something you say during like weddings and other celebrations. I ain't Jewish. I cannot comment specifically but here we are <laughs> so i'm matt and that's chris i'm chris yes um matt is so, also not jewish no so we are venturing into a, a cultural experience for us today yeah. because we we did not want to forget about other holidays around this no. time of year we're doing a lot of, we've been hitting a lot of christmas um you know just that's just what we're more well versed in so uh Correct. and well I also say, i i, I I think there's so many so obviously the the our focus here is to talk about things that are discontinued or that are gone right um and i think i think it's just because of how mass produced christmas is at this point that the christmas season or the yule season has enough traditions decorations things that will get discontinued over the years where from what i could tell about what we're talking about today which is hanukkah and kwanzaa They've not lost a lot. I mean, they've kind of technically lost some things here and there, but they keep them in tradition or they've kind of updated what they do. Those holidays haven't been allowed. I'm going to say allowed. Haven't been allowed to expand as drastically as the the Christmas holiday Yule season it has really been commercialized was able to as much like thank it, you like, that's the word yes it has not been commercialized as much and uh so really this is not an episode of discontinued on display this is an episode of on display yeah we're displaying two holidays that don't get a lot of of light now which is ironic because hanukkah is technically is not that is that not the festival of lights isn't yeah, that festival what hanukkah is also yes. referred to um <clears throat> again not jewish there was something i i didn't come up against it in my research, but I remembered it while doing research. Um, And Hanukkah does get a little bit more love, um, I think, in our generation, because I knew dang well what Hanukkah was. It's Um, also starting to get some more of the commercialization, like from a Disney perspective. I saw more Disney Hanukkah based things. Ironically, I was going to say Disney is one of the two reasons I'm more acquainted with Hanukkah. Yeah. Nickelodeon's the other. Yeah, it's starting to become more commercialized but not i mean not to the point that that christmas is like no i I mean i can't think of a outside of what adam sandler's eight crazy nights can you think of a like 
Hanukkah based movie? Uh, like that was in theaters. That that like pe- like generic people would know about. Technically, oh well. Mm-hmm, technically, a generic person would know about these. Were I was going to bring these up later, but if we want to start here, yeah, we start, will let's... start with pop culture, yeah. uh, because I think a lot of popular youth channels when you and I were younger actually did tackle Hanukkah in some different Disney made for like, like Disney TV shows, Nickelodeon TV shows had Jewish characters and they would do like the one hour movie TV movie special. Like Rugrats did a whole thing where the the Rugrats were the Maccabees. Um, um, Arthur did this as well. Yes, because France, Francine Francine, is Jewish. Franskies are Jewish. And I want to say like the brains, uh, family celebrated Kwanzaa. Interesting. There, he was supposed to be African American. Interesting. Yeah. I never would have. I, I didn't realize that until like much later. To be fair, it's hard to like really identify a race with any of them as they are animals. Yes, um, true. And then uh, even but Stevens, right. even Stevens yeah. was a mixed family where I believe the dad was. I want to say the dad was Jewish and the mom was was christian or it's that or it's reversed yeah yeah, because they they did several different holiday specials there's one where they do it's a wonderful life okay um and and he's essentially uh george um and he like wishes he was a lot of these shows i mean it's a wonderful life is a good movie for a reason and it's because that formula works really well (laughs) you know what to keep in time with what i did a week or two ago i also don't like it's a wonderful life what? <laughs> no, I am gonna. I'm gonna put out this disclaimer. I just learned that uh, the Sound of Music is actually my mother's favorite movie. Um, I thought it was one of my dad's. Apparently, it is my mother's, and she loves it very dearly. And to teach their own, it never connected with me. And I, I'm going to hopefully rectify my statements from last week by just saying blat- blatantly, I acknowledge, genuinely acknowledge, as someone who studied theater, who studied film. Um, who studied storytelling, that The Sound of Music is a well-crafted story. It's a true story, too. Um, Beautifully scored, just not very for me. I think it goes on for very... I think they could have truncated the story just a little bit. Um, And I think it's one of those musicals from a time period that's very schmaltzy, and I felt like they leaned into it too much. Like, that's a reason I don't like Oklahoma, there's a lot of reasons I don't like Oklahoma. I was going to say, but, <laughs> I think you have a lot of reasons. But like, I, like I, I will say the music man can be schmaltzy or the king and I can be schmaltzy, but they do it just enough where it's not too much. Just enough where it's not too much. And I think it's, sometimes. It's the right amount. I, I, I don't. I, th- I feel like the sound of music gets a little too because of the kids. It's the kids. That's it. I'm not a big fan okay. of youth characters sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think I think like the goodbye song. I'm like, OK, I've, I, yeah, goodbye. I've had enough of you. Goodbye. Um, um, so but but anyway, why did you like It's a Wonderful Life? I just realized I was like, I'm going to apologize for not liking the sound of music. Let me <laughs> on it some more. Ooh, I should swear. Jingle bells. Put some jingle bells there, man. I'll, I'll put another gobble in there. Another gobble. <laughs> um, but I do want to, I do want to, I do want to acknowledge that the sound of music is a critically acclaimed and is genuinely wow. Like it is good. I understand. And I can look at it and go, that's good. It is just not for me. And I don't like it. Anyway, it's a wonderful life. I think here's the thing. I don't like Jimmy Stewart that much. Okay. I like him in Rear Window, and that's kind of it. I I've seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington, Rear Window, 
and um, It's a Wonderful Life. Now, the reason I don't like It's a Wonderful Life is this is a movie about a man who wants to commit suicide, and somehow it still ends up being overly happy. I've just, I never liked it. It it just, the movie, and I think it's partially Jimmy Stewart. I think it's partially the the style of the time. Um, But then here's the thing I'm going to say that I find absolutely fascinating. I can understand that it's a classic. People like it. I just, I don't like it. And I think most of it is Jimmy Stewart um, that I don't, okay. I can't no, stand. Y'all, okay, y'all talk about Christmas Christmas Wait, we wait, to- no. I do want to say this. I did see it as a radio play in Chicago. I did too. Did you see it at stage seven seven three? No, no, no. This was in Woodstock that I saw it at oh. the Opera House. It was really well done. And I, I cried. It was very well done. I enjoyed it. Um, and I didn't cry from pain. But anyway, even Stevens. I know there's an episode where they explain like where Steven is very much like, I really like Christmas because of all the gifts I get, and it's more about explaining the importance of Hanukkah and the breakdown of Hanukkah, and it's this. Story that teaches the importance of understanding your heritage, where you come from, about not being greedy, um, and also genuinely kind of teaches and explains what Hanukkah is. Um, yeah. The Nanny, it's not a full movie, but The Nanny has a full episode about Hanukkah because the Sheffield family that Fran Drescher works for is Christian, um, and they celebrate Christmas, but obviously Fran is jewish uh it's a huge plot point it's a it's the biggest running gag is that she's jewish um and there's an episode they do it several times hanukkah celebrations and celebrating hanukkah and mashing the two together um and the and the understanding of the oil lasting eight nights instead of just for one day is explained through the concept of Mr. Shovel gets in a car accident and the gasoline should have only lasted about an hour and it lasted for eight hours. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And it's a Hanukkah miracle. Um, so I find that that when I was growing up, they really did a, a lot of Jewish culture, Jewish traditions really found their way into um, popular culture and made it less foreign yes that's a perfect word for it absolutely so so i um uh i was in a large jewish population at school i I was waiting for you to say i was in a production of it's a wonderful life (laughs) i once played the main character in fiddler on the roof so i understand (laughs) jewish <laughs> How many insensitive things can I say on this podcast? No, uh, but in all seriousness, um, I work so at a I, military I a, museum. I got the. I can. I can come up with a few more than you. So I had a lot of friends that were Jewish and recognized Jewish holidays. So I knew it from there. But then the other thing that I that I knew a lot a lot of Jewish culture from was, I mean, being a Christian studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. That that's Jewish history. Like that is the history of the Jewish people. And so I have to just, ask you a quick question. Do you, yes. Do, in your studying of the Bible, I don't know where this, this story lives of Hanukkah and the Maccabees. Does that, I'm a bad Catholic. I never, I've never read the Bible. I don't think I've, re- I've never read the Bible. I'm just going to go out and say that. Give it, give my relatives another reason to be upset with me if they listen to the show. So, but, so happy you asked. This did, is you, really- did you study that story? Is that part of your studies? So this is this was not part of my studies because because um, you're not Jewish because I'm not Jewish. Um, the other thing is there is so there is a set sixty six books of the Bible that 
um, a lot of that, you know, were became canon, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Then there's what's called the Apocrypha. And it, that the Apocrypha, I believe, is a like Greek word meaning like hidden texts. Mm-hmm. And that includes the things like the Maccabees, the Book of Tobit. There's some other ones in there that that some denominations believe these are canon, others do not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a part of a denomination that that was not a part of the, the Apocrypha was not a part of the Bible. I didn't study it until I got into college. And so the story of the Maccabees and all this other stuff is in the Apocrypha. So I didn't come across this. And interestingly enough, this Hanukkah is actually really not that big of a deal in terms of the Jewish like calendar year. Um, really? You know, oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it. It's very much. Did you learn this by being the fiddle and fiddler on the roof? Oh yes, yes. I mean, it, it just the aura of of ha- be going. If I were a rich man, and then like you know shaking my belly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. really just you know in, indoctrined me with knowledge. Um, no, I mean we're talking Passover, huge, huge uh, uh, event in the Jewish faith. I mean, this is them. This is them being in slavery in Egypt. And then uh, the whole plagues happen, and the Passover is God passing over the houses, lamb on you know, lamb blood on the uh, door frames, so the angel of death passes over passes over them. Huge, huge holiday. Um, you know, um, Purim is another one. Um, I know the story of Esther as well has. I think I think that's what Purim is based. On. I'm so sorry to to our Jewish brothers and sisters if I'm screwing this up, but I know that that's another big one in their um in their faith Calendar. as well um so this this to me from what i gather is more of the well the christians have christmas and we want to celebrate something around this time we're going to celebrate the festival of lights at this time and so like you know we have something mm-hmm. that we're celebrating around when you know the christmas season is going on but but i actually don't think that this is really that big of it i mean again for christians there's two big holidays christmas jesus is born easter jesus rises again those are the two biggies um so what about the fourth of july when when jesus defeated (laughs) the british rides on a bald eagle with an american flag and says america's the best yeah um no not 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 in the christian uh calendar um I mean, Pentecost is probably another like we don't really celebrate that in terms of like like a um, like a holiday, but like Pentecost would is a bigger deal in the like Christian faith in terms of like what happened on Pentecost, and we just like we don't have Pentecost celebrations. So, Matt, I'm going to ask you this because again, you kind of studied religious text, history, stories. I could probably tell it, but I feel like I would butcher it. Do you feel comfortable, familiar enough to share the story of what why Hanukkah is celebrated? Um, I I need to look it up because um, don't, don't, you don't need to do that. I, I I'm pretty sure I can dance my way through it. Um, essentially, the Maccabees defeat the Romans. I want to say it's the Romans. See, this is what I. I it's been a hot second since I've. It's one of those who they defeat is really. Like, but isn't it, the Romans are bad in every religious story? The Romans are the ones causing all the problems every yeah, time. It's because it's because Rome at that time is the expansive power, and 
in terms of religion, wow, we're getting a real big history lesson here. In terms of religion, mm. Rome is anti-religion because the emperor is saying, I am the God, worship me. And the whole, I mean, the big crux of the Jewish and Christian faith, you know, commandment number one is no other gods before me. And so, you know, we we don't, um, the idea that you would worship something else is not there. In other religions, it's like, yeah, whatever, worship the worship your local leader. You can come to pray to me when you need rain or come pray to me when you need sun. But the whole crux of this faith is, no, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. And so Rome is the anti this because they're like, no, you need to worship your emperor and worship the empire, not worship uh, not worship God. And so that's why, I mean, all of these Roman big statues of Caesar and everything, that's why we have more months than... Oh, I thought, it, I thought that was because he invented the salad. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, the salad was invented by Caesar, but no, I mean, it doesn't make any sense why October, which oct being eight is the 10th month, and November, N-O-V being nine, and December, deck being 10 being our 12th month. No, it's because Julius Caesar invented July, isn't it? Yeah, because Julius Caesar went, I want a month. And then Augustus Caesar went, "Uh, Julius shouldn't be the only one that gets a month. I want August as well. And so like that was the kind of pull that they had. It was this like, you, we are the most important people. And so like it makes, so it makes sense that there was a revolt from, Rome or the Greeks or I mean the the empire of the time that's a very common thing to happen amongst the early church and the Jewish uh people in that time mm-hmm. um so anyway the Maccabees defeat this great religious oppressive evil um and they have to essentially rededicate a temple my understanding was it's a rededication is what they have to do yeah they have uh, to, so, mm-hmm, yes. so they're Getting ready. And this is why I was a little thrown as a grown up when I like actually looked at the story, because that's all they're doing is they have to keep the temple lit for eight days in order to properly rededicate it and to there's a word I'm not able to find. Um, not worship, not revitalize, but essentially to cleanse and yes, rededicate yes. this monument this temple they have to have lights going for eight days but oh no they only have enough oil to last for one and they need people to go out and get more well at the end of the day um the oil lasts magically spiritually however you will for eight days Ooh, ah, now we have the festival lights in hanukkah and i'm not gonna lie i mean it's been very long time since i saw the rugrats recreate the maccabee conflict <laughs> But I always felt that the needing of the lights was much more important. That sounds rude. But to me, it was like we needed to have light because we were huddled in this dark. I guess maybe I was mixing it in my head with like the concept of the Holocaust, which sounds horrible. But like the idea that like we're sheltering in place and we needed to we needed to hunker and we needed to essentially be protected in this building, but we didn't have enough oil to keep light, to keep fire, to keep, I think I must have associated with warmth. And then when I find out that it was about, we needed to just keep a candles burning for multiple days to rededicate. And I'm like, that feels like, I mean, I understand why it's a miracle, but that also feels like less of a miracle than 
we needed it for our safety or we needed it for food or we needed, you know, to me, like the concept of Jesus turns water into wine and is able to make a bunch of, you know, multiply fish, multiply bread. Like that to me is a miracle. That's, I need to feed all these people. I needed to keep a candle on in a temple. Again, I just, I'm like, I feel like. Okay. I I got to put this in context here. Uh, Okay. If you want to hate yourself, um, go and read the back half of Exodus and Leviticus is all the old Jewish law. And most of it is based uh, is based around you have become unclean through some way. Now you need to become clean and here's how to become clean. And um, and that is very much what the Jewish faith um, that at that time was predicated on was okay you have become you have become unclean in the eyes of god you need to become clean by doing xyz and it says here's how to do these and so i don't know for sure um if this is something that is in one of those jewish laws because i am not an expert on on jewish law um but i wonder if this is one of those things of okay when you are rededicating, when you need to clean a place, you know, cleanse a place, sort of the, you need to burn a candle for eight nights and there needs to be a priest that does this. And uh, like that, that is where that would come from is this idea where we need to make this place clean in order for God to enter it. And this is where, this is where the, the Jewish faith and the Christian faith split is Christians are on the, Jesus came, abolished all that law. We are clean because of Jesus. We don't have to now do any of that. And the Jewish people are still in the, the Messiah has not come yet. We still need to, um, you know. Wait, so the, I understood that the Jewish religion never, like they don't worship Jesus is a religious figure. I didn't understand or know that they just don't think that Jesus was real. Oh, no, they they believe that Jesus was real, just not that he was the Messiah. Pretty much every major religion recognizes that Jesus was a real person. But so other religions think that Jesus was like a beatnik who was pretending to be the son of God and just doing stuff? Yeah, he was a great person, cool teacher, great healer, one, you know, great guy. Like, the, the... the proof that Jesus existed goes beyond like, uh, you know, oh, just a couple of people saw him. Like um, how we determine whether any document, religious or not religious, is is legit is, you know, if you were to go in your backyard and find a document from 700 years ago and you went, look, there's this historical document that proves, you know, um, that proves, you know, a point mm-hmm. a but there was not any other proof we would go, well, we don't know if that's true or not because there's no supporting documents for this. Now, if you were to go in your backyard and find something that has point, you know, that says, look this and scholars were to go, Oh, that's, that's supported by this document and this document and this document. Look, this document cross references this, look, this Mm -hmm. document cross references this. It, this was the same document around from the same time period that is referencing the same person. And mm-hmm. so there are other documents and other books that talk about Jesus that just aren't canon in terms of religion, you know, religious texts. 
um, but support that there was a rabbi in Galilee that performed miracles and taught the people during that time. Jesus was a real person that existed. The, the crux of the argument is Christians believe he was the son of God. He was the Messiah. Other people don't. Did Jesus consider himself a rabbi? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a, you know, or rabbi pretty much means teacher. Um, and so like that, that's, that's what he was. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, Jesus grew up a, a Jew. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't like say, all right, not Jewish. I'm Christian. Like Christian didn't come till way later. And actually Christian is a derogatory term, um, at the time that it was, it, it meant, it, it basically means little Christ. And it was the Roman government making fun of people who were following Christ, calling them little Christ. And Christians were like, hey, that's pretty cool. Little and, Christ sounds like the animated, like, equivalent to VeggieTales that yeah, you should have had. Little Christ, little Christ, little Christ. <laughs> I don't know how to um, process what you just said. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, the, so textual criticism is what that process is called. And that's how we, that's how we support any historical document that, that is found or uncovered is we mm-hmm. cross reference it with all these other texts. That no, we I have totally get that. I just find to... it, I find it interesting. Like I've never really conceptualized the fact that other religions are like, yeah, there was this guy who claimed to be the son of God, but like, pff, No. Like, yeah. I find that fascinating. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I get it, but I've never really pieced that together in my brain. And it just, like, he, like it's it's this weird, like, wake-up moment in my brain. Yeah, and I don't so know... So anyway, the Rugrats and... And, G- well, and, 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 <laughs> and in terms of modern Judaism, like, it, again, if you go and read the book of Leviticus, it's like, you have to sacrifice this, sacrifice that. Modern modern Jews are not doing that. Let me be very clear. <laughs> like, like, if you go read that and think, oh my gosh, is this, is what, the, is, is this what Jewish people are doing? No. Um, modern Judaism is a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know exactly how, um, but like they're not out sacrificing animals all the time. Um, there is a great book. They don't have the time for that. There's a great book called The A Year of Living Biblically. And basically a guy decides uh, he is going to live his life exactly like uh, the from like the Levitical law. And he, you know, journals his experience of like, you know, I have to wear a certain type of clothes. I have to pray at certain times. I have to do this. I have to do that. And uh, it's it's a very it's a very funny book if you are interested in it. It's a year of a year of living biblically. That sounds like a very difficult. I I couldn't do it. Oh yeah, it's it's very funny. His wife his wife like very much makes it more difficult on him, and it's very funny. Now I need to read um, this. Put that on my read list. Um, um, anyway, yeah, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. <laughs> so now that we've done that, um, there are six major things that are are done. I would say I'm sure there's a lot of things, but there are six things that the internet was able to tell me that happens during Hanukkah. And the one thing is, I think the one thing that we all know is lighting the menorah, which is a representation of the candles burning for eight days. But I never realized. I never clocked it. I never looked closely. There's actually nine holders on a menorah. Yes. And the middle one is for the candle you use to light the rest of the candles. Yes. Um, yes and originally, uh, originally, menorahs actually burnt off of oil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They stopped yeah. that. But originally, that's how menorahs burned. 
Yeah, well, um, and, and I, I read too, cool. and this makes sense. Like again, if you go back in Leviticus and read all the like temple things, um, the the original menorah very much has like a early temple feel to it. Like if you read how like God's specifications of the temple, um, it, it's it's um, it, it it's very similar. Anyway, go on. Um, so no, that was that was my thing about the menorah, and you know, it's the thing you light a new candle. Every day for eight days. There's an exchange of gifts, I believe, once a day, um, which originally was a, it was currency. You would get currency or you'd get chocolate coins, yeah. which is called gelt. I believe yes. I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are correct. Um, which you then also use gelt as a um, – I didn't know as a kid how much I loved gelt. I used to get it at Fannie Mae all the time. I just thought they were chocolate coins, and I thought I was the richest man in the world. But it makes sense now um, why chocolate coins were being made because that that was mm-hmm. what a lot of Jewish families were looking for. I thought it was for kids who wanted to be pirates. <laughs> nope. Fair enough. Um, and then um, the chocolate coins are often used as betting for dreidel, yeah, which is one of the few Hanukkah songs. But what I did not know. Was the origin of dreidel? Yes. Do you know? I, I, I find. I, please. I find that extremely disturbing that it is. I don't. I, I should have Googled the years. I didn't think to. I just went, well, that's interesting. And I kept reading other things that the the act of that dreidel originally was a German gambling game. Yeah. Yeah. That the Jewish people adopted and, and changed it to be this more family holiday game where you spun a top and you'd either get everything in the middle or put something away. It, 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 the, the rules of dreidel to me seem very similar to the game LCR. Yes. Which is just yeah, like left regular, center, right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. very it, much how it felt when I was reading the rules. There's very little strategy involved. Like you just kind of have to like spin the top and hope it lands. I actually, we did a, we did a learning how to play uh, the dreidel game in school. And so like we played the dreidel game in school. And so we learned of like what, e- what each symbol meant and, then we like played for half an hour. We weren't even allowed to bring Yu-Gi-Oh cards to school because they thought it was gambling. We were we were experiencing cultures, and again, we didn't play for money. Obviously, like we, you know, just it was just you know to learn the game. Um, but I just I was so blown away by that German influence, just because I don't know if you're familiar with it, Matt, but there is a tumultuous relationship between the Jewish people and the German people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, dreidels, big. You know, here's one thing that they have that that the Hanukkah has on Christmas doesn't really have a game. We um we force people to make out under branches of holly and mistletoe, <laughs> but we do. It's not really a game. That's just like an action. No, I wouldn't say that. That's. I mean, I, I feel like unless the game is see how many people I can kiss, but. That seems like a game that might end in you going to jail. No, that's only if you accept guilt for kissing people. Then it ah. becomes prostitution. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, No, there is. I know there is. Like, like, well, what's, like, what's a game that is a specific... Like, that's not like, oh, Christmas Monopoly. Like, no, 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 get out of here with that. Like... Well, like white elephants, like those like naughty Santa games, like where you pass your presents around. That's a pretty yes. Yule-y, Christmassy thing. Um, 
Snapdragon is an old Christmas tradition. It's not holiday specific, but it's that game where they would put raisins in like a bowl of rum and then light the bowl of rum on fire. And then you have to get the raisins out. I've never heard of this. This you sounds heard of highly dangerous. It is. It's totally dangerous. Um, Don't do and that. that. Was, <laughs> it, or it wasn't like a bowl. It was like a plate. So it was like a thin layer of alcohol with these raisins. And then the alcohol is just on fire. And you reach in, you grab out the raisins. That's wow. a game a lot of very British thing to do um, around okay. the holidays. That makes sense. Um, but that was a, that was a, that's a, a Christmas, a game played primarily at Christmas gatherings. Um, okay. I think you could do it around like Halloween, like at like Hallows f- fall festivals. Um, there is Christmas bingo. Again, but that's bingo. That just, I'm, you I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Christmas. Like um, we could, we could make a Christmas dreidel that doesn't make it a Christmas game. I would, and here's here, you're going to, I would say at this point, snowball fights, Why? while not I think really, it's a winter game, not a Christmas game. Yeah, but I think Christmas absorbed a lot of things that are just generically winter. Like, think about it this way, like the song Winter Wonderland has nothing to do with Christmas. Exactly. It's a winter song that is yeah. associated with as a Christmas song. Same with Let It Snow. Sleigh Baby, ride. It's cold outside. Sleigh I, ride. Okay. 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 I, I, I'm not quite convinced, but I'll, I'll let it simmer. Deck um, the halls. I don't think has anything specific. No, to deck do the halls. Well, deck the halls is like you're decking. The oh no, they do say they do say Yuletide greeting, and Yule is Christmas. Anyway, there's a lot of songs. Like I mean, I think it's one of those things where c- correct. It, it really has nothing to do with Christmas, but I think it's been absorbed as a Christmassy thing. Like sledding, um, yeah, I I hear you. Uh, what a, but, so what else at Hanukkah? Um, okay, so what did I say? The the menorah, the gelt, they give the gifts, dreidel. giving gifts and the dreidel, which which originally wasn't a gifts is a newer thing. It's kind of been adopted. Um, this one I was fascinated by, specifically eating fried foods, hmm. and it's a symbol of the oil. That was used ah. in the menorah because, again, it's not used anymore. So now they'll eat a lot of like donuts and other fried things. And I was shocked when I saw it on the list. I'm like, that's weird. That's not true. I'm sure that's just a cultural thing. Like Jewish, maybe Jewish people prefer like fried food. I don't know. Live your best life, man. Like every Easter we eat ham town or the baby Jesus. That's a that's a white Christian person thing. That's a <laughs> that's a white little Christ thing to do. Hey. Hey, we got to eat the ham to, uh, <laughs> to, to to honor the baby Jesus. Get the ham. Is that, is, is that supposed to be your Midwest voice? <laughs> yeah, let's get some tacos over here. I love tacos, especially on a warm tortilla. You sound not okay. <laughs> oh, crap. You're going, you're going. It sounds like Fran Drescher is pretending to be a Midwesterner. <laughs> It's like a Jewish person is trying to impersonate. Like, Midwestern is much more, it's not that necessarily nasally. It's just, it's it's happy. It's joyous. Oh, just going to sneak right past you there. Oh, you get to, I just, I'm just going to sneak past you there and get the ranch. Excuse me. <laughs> oh. 
Gotta go. Gotta get fast. Oh, just okay. For anyone that is not in the Midwest and you see these things like, you know, Midwest are saying Ope and you're like, does that really happen? Yes. It happens all the time. I say it all the time and it, it, it happens. Yes. It is real. I said it today. I said, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, and I definitely said, Oh, just going to sneak right past you. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever said I'm going to sneak right past you. I think I, I, I say I'm going to squeeze right past you. That is that is my grocery store go. I'm just gonna sneak past you and grab whatever I'm like. Sneak, I, I do sneak past people. Yeah, yeah. I that just just all the time. Um, okay, uh, fried food. Yes, I'm in. Uh, that, that was six else? things, right? Yeah, the I dreidel, think the menorah, the fried food, the gout, the gifts, and the dreidel, and the dreidel. Yeah, yeah. it's really just six things. There are some holiday songs. Um, they're very they they're old. These are like this is like. God rest you merry gentlemen. This is like their versions of those, which are in they are The names were written in Hebrew. I do not speak Hebrew. I'm not going to pretend I speak Hebrew. I'm not going to try and say I'm, it would just be butchering a language. Um, it's a it lot is of, not, <sighs> yeah, it's a lot. It's very phlegmy. Yeah. But, very um, phlegmy language. Uh, they have some traditional, I'm, I'm assuming more religious songs. And of course they do have the Adam Sandler Hanukkah song as well. Yes. And there's also a Hanukkah song on the Pete the cat soundtrack. Pete the Cat is Jewish. Is he now? I'm just I'm I'm asking. I I don't know, but um the the show we listen to the sound I I can sing you probably the entire soundtrack of Pete the Cat, and uh, um they have a, a it's by the same guys that did Phineas and Ferb, and so the songs yeah. are really good. Um and then uh when I was growing up, there was this musical youth like children's entertaining group called Sharon Lois and Bram. And really, for me, they were leaving popularity. I was, like, at the – they were pretty much done by the time I came on the scene. Um, But I still – like, they were more 80s, but I still, like, knew them. Um, They had a holiday special video that I think dropped in the 90s, in all honesty. And um, in it, it's mostly Christmas songs. Um, And at one point in the – towards the end, the the whole point is that it's like a 1940s train, 1930s train, and they're trying to get all these people, including these children's entertainers, are trying to get home for the holidays. Um, and the train gets stuck in a snowdrift, or the, the train stops. The train just stops. It doesn't get stuck in a snowdrift. It stops because everyone on train on the train is too angry. There's no holiday magic. There's no sense of what the season of Christmas and Hanukkah are about, um, about being together, about get, giving, and blah, 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 blah. And every song, and then eventually the, the children, Sharon Liston Bram, they go out in the forest. They go to there's a nearby train station. They're going to go through the woods. They make it to this abandoned train station to ask for help. And while they're at the train station, out of nowhere, in the abandoned train station, they choose to sing uh, a Hanukkah song or a song about Hanukkah. And it is the most terrifying thing I remember from my childhood. Because there's shadows on the wall. So as they're singing the song, like the shadows of the past reenact these memories they're having of celebrating Hanukkah with their grandparents. And it's a woman in a very 1800s like blouse, skirt, and like up bun. And then there's a man who is in the very traditional Jewish like bold hat with a wide brim. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And the shadows are dancing. There's no there's no physical people to pair with shadows, 
the shadows are just dancing to this really creepy, slow, candlelit song. And the guy does the dance where he puts his arms straight out, like like goalpost style. I don't know how else to describe this. Okay. Letter T with the ends turned up. And they're spinning. And it's just these very, very active shadows spinning and dancing together to this slow song creepy low song and i'm like i can't i don't want anything to do with hanukkah it sounds terrifying and then it's like we need a little christmas right this very minute i'm like what's happening um so that was what was the point of that oh so there is that hanukkah song <laughs> that i i remember the point of that, that, the point of that? <laughs> just, and then just rambling um, into my worst nightmare <laughs> rachel bloom who wrote the show crazy ex-girlfriend um did a dirty Hanukkah song okay. and it's called Hanukkah honey. It's essentially the Hanukkah version of Santa baby. Okay. Um, um, and it's, it's not family friendly. It's funny. It's very funny. And I'm not Jewish. So if you're Jewish and you like a little bit of crude humor, I recommend checking it out on YouTube. It's called Hanukkah honey by Rachel Bloom. Um, yeah. I realize Matt, we're getting pretty deep in and we haven't talked about Kwanzaa. Yeah. Can, hit us with Kwanzaa. <laughs> Um, and so I, I, I honestly, I don't know if this is strangely enough. I don't know if it's technically right to talk about Kwanzaa during the holidays because it just so happens to be around the holiday season, but it has nothing to do with, it's not like a December. It's a, it's a cultural celebration. It just happens to be in December. It seems to steal a lot from Hanukkah, strangely enough, in terms of giving gifts. We light a candle. It's about celebrating our heritage. And the thing that blew my mind was that Kwanzaa was in, was invented in the seventies. Yeah. It's relatively new by a woman who's like, we need a reason we need to celebrate our, and it's specifically um, African. So like, if you're just cause you're black does not mean that you celebrate Kwanzaa or that it's a part of your, again, not something I really knew about Kwanzaa. I didn't know too much about it. Um, but it's for people who are specifically African or African American. I think it's specifically for African Americans. I think it's an American thing specifically, and because it, it, it was invented in America to help those who were African American have better sense of community, better sense of their heritage, um, and grounding themselves. And I'm going to say this: I could be wrong. I know, like, I don't know if they did it via Kwanzaa, but again, I know, like, like Disney Channel with their shows that featured, like, main character African-American or black cast members, like That's a Raven or The Proud Family, would have episodes that were like, we're going to learn about our heritage, our cultural heritage, mm-hmm. and where we are, our ancestors are from, which would be very much like what a Hanukkah special is about in, like, Even Stevens or The Rugrats. Um, but... It, it was fascinating because, like, to me, like, when you get right down to it, both Christmas and Hanukkah are religious-based celebrations. These are celebrations about a religious story um, and a religious event yeah. um, that pair with other – with which pair with the concept of giving to others, celebrating with your family, coming together. And Kwanzaa also happens after – both of these events. Kwanzaa happens after Christmas. It's like the, oh God, it's the 20, like I want to say 27th of December until like it goes into January. Yeah. It's like a, 
it's a weird span of time. It overlaps New Year's. And it, it just doesn't have anything really to do with well, and and from what I from what I gather, it wasn't necessarily like there was, you know, again, Christmas traditions. We got a laundry list of traditions, and it it very much just seems like this is a time where we can talk about our heritage, remember our heritage, correct? Remember where we've come from. Now, there's certain so- there's values that you're there's like there were six values. No, there's seven values. There's one for every day, and you go over a different value every day. You're supposed to eat certain foods. Again, it's all cultural based. It's very culturally cemented in the heritage of being African American. Um, it has. There's nothing to do with a religious figure. There's nothing to do with an old story. It's just about what does it mean to be African American. What are the values we want to uphold that our ancestors would have upheld? We're going to eat these kinds of foods to emulate very traditional, like some African dishes. And we're going to light essentially a menorah, but we're not going to call it a menorah. I can't pronounce what they call what it is. I'm a bad person. Um, but yeah, that was Kwanzaa. I was, surpri- I was a little surprised because I've always established Kwanzaa in my brain as a Yule Christmassy celebration. I was waiting for like some African Santa situation yeah. <laughs> and I didn't get that. And no, I was like, no, it, oh. And, and honestly, I feel bad that we're not going to like talk for a half an hour on this, but it, like there wasn't necessarily like anything I was expecting to find all these traditions and like, here's all this going to fun stuff. And, here, and, and this is not a knock on it at all. I just didn't find any of that stuff. And, and it's, it's very young. Yeah. And so young that, that, you know, these traditions take years and years and years to kind of, I mean, again, last, last episode we talked about, or I think it was last episode, a couple episodes talked about like Grover Cleveland and yeah. Uh, you know, all those, like there's no pooping log. At yeah. Kwanzaa. There's no pooping log here. Though, I mean, you want to up the, any holiday. Really, we should just have an all-holiday pooping log. That you have a New Year's pooping log and a Valentine's Day pooping log and a St. Patrick's Day pooping log. You get on that. You betcha. Just an all-the-time pooping log. You just whack it with a stick all the time. It's just pooping out stuff. Anything else you want to say, Chris? Because uh, th- that your face signals that we need to talk about something else other than a pooping log. I will say this before we do wrap up, because I think we're getting around that time. Um, I did eBay, um, uh, and I yes. I chose. Oh, yeah. I figured the best thing to eBay would be a menorah, the most expensive menorah. Take a guess. A thousand dollars. Great guess, Matt. The most expensive menorah is an antique, massive Damascus work Hanukkah menorah, Judica Museum level, weighing 35 pounds at $16,800 with a shipping fee of $350. That, wow. It is currently located in Tel Aviv, Aviv? Tel Aviv, Aviv, yes. Tel Aviv, Israel, or Israel, you know, however you want to say it. Um, it does look more like it's going to hold oil instead of candles. Okay, so if you want to be authentic, pay $16,000. Um, it is a piece from the 1920s, apparently. Oh, okay. So um, you're owning a piece of history. It's very intricate. It is a very intricate menorah. If you're looking, and it does not look like what you would consider a menorah to look like in any way, shape, or form. It has like like little wells. Again, that's why I think this is for oil and not for candles. By way of contrast, um, when I Googled it, I saw a menorah made out of Pez dispensers. 
here is a menorah with a um the a menorah made out of Pez dispensers. I'd be about that. There is a sterling silver Hanukkah menorah by Ari Ophir um that costs nine thousand nine hundred dollars. Oh, um, and what that a deal! Is, that is your traditional candle-based menorah. Um, but then there's another one that looks like it's going to be oil-based. I'm trying to get it to open. Listing has been removed. Um, it's It has a Star of David and a lot of other weird things. It was going for $13,000. Um, there's actually a lot of oil-based menorahs on here. The, the, there's it's, it, it's so much. So much. Fine Italian sterling silver menorah. Um, I find uh, that's fascinating. I, I always assumed that, you know, Italy to me is a very, very Catholic country. Um, I've, I've, La Bafana was supposed to go meet the wee baby Jesus, the Christian, if you will, the little Christ. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I just find that fascinating. Um, <clears throat> you can, it looks like you can get the, the, the candle, the candle holder for Kwanzaa um, for much cheaper. Um, makes sense. It's a Canara. Let's, let's, let's see here. What is the, the highest, lowest? Um, yeah. $69. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. It, you can get a Canara far cheaper. Dreidel. I, you know what? I should have looked up dreidels. Yeah. Well, what, what, what's the fanciest dreidel we can get? The fanciest dreidel you can get. Is it solid could, gold? No, you know what would help is if I spelt the word. You can get a a Winnie the Pooh holding a dreidel Ooh. for a hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, am I spelling this word right? I don't think I am. I'm not. And um, eBay did not want to help me spell it right. There we go. <laughs> now I'm spelling it right. Holy crud! You can get a Man- Magilla? Magilla case handmade sterling silver Ye- Yemenite filigree set with red. I don't, this isn't a dreidel. I don't know. This is, <laughs> I think this is some kind of Jewish religious piece, is what it is. I don't, this is not, there's no, that's not a dreidel. Why did it show up when I type in dreidel? Oh, wow. That's an intense looking dreidel. Um, sterling silver Hanukkah luxury, your luxury dreidel. Ooh, it does not, it does dreidel. not look like it's supposed to spin on a table. It looks like it's supposed to spin on its stand. Maybe not. It just has a stand. It's $3,550. It's currently located in Massachusetts. Uh, okay. Okay. I guess. Um, Sure. There's a lot of $3,000 dreidels. This dreidel is an elephant on a roulette board. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This dreidel is shaped like the globe. Fascinating. What's this? Wait, what's this? Jewish box German dreidel toy. This looks old. These are stone dreidels in a silver box. When is this from? (gasps) Sorry. God bless you. I know that was a hiccup, but this thing looks old. This thing looks like it's this thing looks like ancient and it's from the Ukraine. Fascinating. Anyway, 
That's straight. What else do you have to say, Matt? Tell me your secrets. Oh, I think, uh, you know, I think we wrap up this season. Thank, happy happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. You know, happy even that. Just, happy that. Um, uh, we're going to kind of take a hiatus here as, as um, always. you know, as always, you know, it's the holidays. I um, mean, I know beers and ears were taking a couple weeks off. Like we're, we're, we're going to take some time to rest, relax, spend time with our families, all that jazz, you know. Um, and I, we actually have not set a date of coming back, but we do know the topic. Uh, which we are very excited about because mm-hmm. here's where this thought thought process came from. This podcast actually segues perfectly into it. We t- we spend to we tend to talk about musicals a lot, and so we decided to do a discontinued musicals stage productions things like that season. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming at you in the new year, 2023. Um, I would anticipate end of January, early February, probably that's going to premiere. We'll keep you posted on all of our socials and things like that. But, uh, uh, like we're going to do some Spider-Man, uh, uh, like these are shows that either never ended up opening. They closed in previews, things that did not get a formal run. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're really excited about it. Um, it's going to give us, we're we're actually going to be able to talk about musicals and not, have to be like, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, we'll still do that. I mean, we'll just talk about other things, but um, yeah, so that's going to be our first season in 2023. So um, we're excited about that. But yeah, well, uh, late January, early February, I anticipate we'll get the first episode of that out. And you know, another another great way to figure out when we're coming back, if you're not following us on our social media is to subscribe to the podcast wherever you wherever your your podcasts are sold wherever you listen to them if you had subscribe <laughs> you should get a notification when we and if you don't just turn them on and that will let you know when our new episode drops how yes, helpful is absolutely. that so you you subscribe follow whatever it is on your podcast platform um socials are uh, twitter at discontinued pod instagram at discontinued on display uh, let's see. Sorcerernetwork.com. You can check out all of our episodes there. You can uh, email us at discontinuedondisplay at gmail.org. Yes, email com, us. Com, 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 not org, dot com. Dot com, yes. Um, yeah. Um, please enjoy the holidays. I hope they are all restful and relaxing. I know I am excited to... Matt, I, I, I realized I have a gift for our listeners and for you. Oh, oh. Uh, well, okay, we're ending on that. Okay, go. I can't end 2022 without giving you an AC Gilbert fact. Ah, AC Gilbert. Yes, hit us with the AC Gilbert fact. So we talked about how he was a magician and how he went to school to be a doctor. Yes. That's how he paid to go to school. He was charging $100 to society people to do shows. Wow. And that's how he paid his way through medical school. AC Gilbert. I didn't know that those things. his way through medical school by being a magician. A hundred dollars a show. What a legend! And in the early 1900s, like at a zero, that's pretty much how that like with inflation, it's it. I believe that goes to about a thousand dollars, if not more. Oh man, AC Gilbert's the man. I had someone come to my my work and speak on AC Gilbert. That's awesome. (laughs) And he did a magic trick at the end. It was very fun. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, A.C. Gilbert. Yes, I. so remember A.C. Gilbert this holiday season. 
the man who saved Christmas. If nothing else, please let him save your Christmas dinners with those fun facts. Yes. All right. We'll see you in the new year, everybody. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.